Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, one of the hosts for the longest-running Dynasty-focused podcast on the planet, the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Each week, we'll bring you an episode packed with relevant and actionable Dynasty information that you can use to help win your league. When I'm in the host chair, we might even play a game or two. We are always open to topic suggestions, so if there's something you'd like to hear us discuss, please let us know. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard, at PA Howdy on Twitter. This is a member of the DLF family of podcasts, Dynasty League Football, in case the acronym is just too much. Uh, yeah, welcome back. This is the second part um, of uh, I don't know how many parts um, conversation uh, between myself, Zach Reed from the Dynasty Dummies podcast, and Jacob Brickroad from formerly of Rotoviz and now just a fantasy player. Um, after listening back and cutting up this section, I think the best title for what this part of the conversation was about was really how to or how we try to assess wide receivers based on very popular narratives which ones we think have signal which ones we think don't there are some disagreements in that um and how we try to use that to try and find players that might be of value in dynasty and in redraft heading into the next season so subjects include like uh we talked about tour a lot, tour in terms of Waddle and Tyreek Hill. We talked about how many teams produce multiple top 24 and top 12 wide receivers on a seasonal basis and what that means and how we can use it. And we talked about the value of wide receivers as they get older and they start to get dismissed more by the fantasy community and who that might reflect on in 2022, like players that almost have no value that we think still have something left in the tank. And slot wide receivers or wide receivers that work more in the middle of the field and how they can find value, but also fantasy use. And again, which ones in 2022 look interesting to each one of us. And finally, we get to talk about Juju Smith-Schuster. So I was happy about that. And really hope you enjoy this part of the conversation. Really recommend the first part of the conversation, which dropped recently. And uh, hope you're having a great day. Thanks for listening. Do you have the time to listen to me grind? Take down the film watchers and learn some at once. I am one of those skeptical of status quo. Lazy and to the bone, no doubt about it. Sometimes I grind my Excel sheets. Sometimes pour cold water on heat When the mass not adding up You said I'm checking out I'm just Working to the ground Yeah, you can kind of see how the top five wide receivers every year They kind of do have great quarterbacks Like a well above average But top 12, you get at least three every year Who's got a Tannehill or a Flacco, or an Andy Dalton. That's true. So, so where are you at with Tua? Because because <laughs> Waddle and Tua or Waddle and Hill are now going like top sixteen ish. I mean, Hill's definitely in the top twelve. Um, hold on, I'll I'm find try Waddle. To talk Juju, but fine. Yeah, I think it's that balance, and Tua's the unknown there, right? You know, I don't yeah, know so, who it can elevate to be average, whereas I do know Tyreek can function in a top 12 with average because of what he's done with Elite. If you know what I mean? And I like, I still remember liking Tua as much I as I don't do quarterback really, evaluation. I am really interested in seeing how they are deployed 
Because if Waddle stays in the slot, he is going to absolutely eat. That was what Tua needed when he when he first came in that first year and he was so bad. Right. It was because the offensive line wasn't great and Tua's processing isn't quite snap. And so if he's got to if he's got to get back and set up and throw a deep ball, he's not as good as if he knows that he's going to it's a little bit of that Derek Carr thing where like he does a pre a pre-snap read and he's like, "Okay, I'm going to throw it here." And and Waddle last year just got out so quick and opened so quick that Tua got him the ball and it was great. If Waddle continues to be deployed out of the slot and you have Hill on the outside, you know, drawing cut, he's he's a lot more dangerous than Devontae Parker is on the outside. I really that, like Waddle this year. He's like yeah. discount Jamar Chase, and I don't say that lightly. And also, <laughs> like, there's so many every time I come to Jerry and Waddle, I find something else I like. Like right now, it's a fact I don't have to be cooked by the own my own rule that I just said. Because he's had a top 12 season. So I don't have to bet on Tyreek Hill over him. I just take Waddle. I'm good. He's not He's not the breakout there. They've both been in the top 12. I'm good. And, you know, I'm a dynasty player and he's young. Um, well, I, and if I, he hit top 12 as a, with, a rookie yeah. wide receiver, you know how few hit top 12. I, I, mean, I mean, and the ones that did were lights out. So why do we like him so much less? Not that we don't like him. Like he's a top 12 dynasty wide receiver when we have Tyree kill there. Dynasty players don't do that lightly when we don't like Tua. But like we like him a lot less than Jamar Chase. And I'm like, I get like that's to me because of the way I weighed it. Like that's the same thing. <laughs> and that might be weird because, you know, it also means I like Pat Farrowmouth and Kyle Pitts the same amount. Except that other people, I know other people are going to pay more for Kyle Pitts. So I will wait that. But um, that's the same thing to me. <laughs> I, I know we don't. As it might sound. I know we don't like to do the one for one, like trading or theoretic. But, but if I gave you Peter, DK Metcalf, or Jalen Waddle, which way are you going? Waddle. Yeah. Easy. And, and Metcalf, like, really Metcalf's easily. going ahead of him <laughs> in 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 ADP and in, in Dynasty. Metcalf's going ahead of him. And, and again, this is because I don't. And it's not like just something I say to cut some work out of my diet. Like, I don't know. I, until they prove it, I don't know who's a good QB. I have guesses, but they are pure guesses. And I think Tua can be better than we've seen, but it's a pure guess. I like, does anyone have any way of knowing if Tua is better than we've seen so far? I don't. I'm, and that's, that's why the only I have thing that makes drafting those guys because I'm yeah. not sure that both of them can hit their their uh, ADPs, you know, top two, top 17, you know, the list of quarterbacks have done that. It's, it's pretty short. So would you take Hill? If you had the choice between Hill or Waddle though, which one would you bet finish top 12 or draft Waddle. to finish? Top 12? Waddle because of that. Would he catch a hundred something receptions? Oh, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Which and, feels so bizarre. Cause I'm so used to leaning on the old guy, you know, <laughs> but it's the exact opposite. And that's just bizarrely wonderful. And another reason to like Jalen Waddle. <laughs> Also, I got his rookie evaluation dead wrong, and I love being wrong. <laughs> I love being owned on that. Like I was way too low on general model, and now I'm probably one of the highest. So let's let's go. Well, that's <laughs> why it's hit. so hard to pick these wide receivers coming out, right? Like, yeah, Chase hit, but like for every Chase, there's like ten guys that just bombed. You know, there's so many Nikhil Harrys yeah, right. out there that we just loved. It's it's really hard. Let's come back if if you don't mind to the whole two wide receiver thing. So I, Peter, you and I have tweeted about this, like which quarterbacks support to like how often it happens. It's, it's four times a year, like clockwork. There are 
four teams that have two top 24 wide receivers, which means that there's 12 teams that will not have a top 24 wide receiver. So what are the teams you think could have two? And what are the teams that can have two top 12? I mean, obviously, T. Higgins and um, Chase are in that bracket. Um, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are going like 12, 13 range, right? So everybody's in on them. You got Waddle and Hill are in the top 20. Um, who am I missing here? I, I think Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson could get there. Yeah, that feels like that feels doable. Yeah. Um, you want to go with a wild one, Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry. Right, Zach? I like that one. <laughs> right, I mean, look, Michael Thomas is a huge question mark, but he's the, the freaking career or the, the single season record holder for most receptions. Okay. And if he if he's healthy is a key word, he has a decent quarterback. I mean, Jameis has supported two wide receivers twice in his career. So now you get you throw Jarvis on their side, they might just dink and dunk down the field. You know, with Kamara coming out of the backfield, I don't know. I'm 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 reaching here, but who who are the receivers that could do that? There's every year there's a handful, and I have a story for you guys. So in 2004, I was in a high stakes draft, and the tw- the 12 pick picked Al, um, Larry Fitzgerald and Anquan Bolden. Okay, both Cardinals. I thought it was crazy. I was like, that's preposterous. Why would you take two wide receivers from the same team? Right. Not only did the 12 pick win the league. Fitzgerald and Bolden both finished top five, both of them that year, <laughs> which is ridiculous, right? And I feel like we're in that zone. There's a bunch of teams that have like two stud receivers like that. We just named a, a few that could do that. You know, maybe maybe it's Sutton and Judy. You know, maybe they end up both being top fifteen. They they got the quarterback to do it. That that wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me to see those two go. go or how about a lot of teams? And we, how Red, about Devontae? I was going to say Redfron and, Adams. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then when you say that, people are like, no, 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 you, you can't do it because um, I'm tied Waller. In. Yeah. Waller's Waller. there, right? <laughs> and it's like, well, hold up. Like their coach had Randy Moss and Welker. And that's pretty yeah. similar, right, to Adams. And and if you look at – like Gronk never had more than like 120 reception or targets in a season. He was never heavily targeted. He was just crazy efficient. Seam route, yeah. yeah. Yep. And I think they could run a similar type thing with the in the Raiders to where Waller is, you know, the touchdown scorer, you know, here and there. But you could see Renfro racking up, you know, stretching the chains, racking up receptions and big plays on the other side with Adams. And I, I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, Derek, uh, 2022. Um, no, I'm not Renfro, all about yeah. it. I'm not all about it. I will say, just not to go back a subject, but uh, the whole two wide receiver thing for a start – we've both tweeted about that. I tweeted copying it because I thought it was really simple and, but highly useful. And I love that shit. So I just stole that one right off you. I was like, I'm going to start saying and tracking that because I will actively steal good ideas and information. And that's, this is one thing that makes me nervous about Miami because, you know, Mike Gusecki has been such a value outside the top 100 picks in dynasty for years now like i don't know how i fit all that in and still have questions about tour but um one you didn't mention that i kind of like it's a little on the unlikely because one of the guys but arizona uh i like marcus brown for top 24 not top 12 but i'm really kind of hoping rondon moore can break the usual rookie trends like he didn't play football for two years didn't play football two years and then they got rid of christian kirk 
And I'm like, oh, that'd be nice. You know? Yeah. No? You still oh, got Hopkins there. Okay. I like so, it. I like Rondo more. I, I, I like it. Too. Do we, though? <laughs> I thought he was a coach I mean, that's now the thing. Like, Really? He just stands on the sideline. He's at, a, he's at a crossroads, you know? Like, these guys, when they have an off year at 29, 30, people bail. Sometimes it works out. And then there's other times, like Larry Fitzgerald, <laughs> who was like a gift from 32 to 34, when everybody <laughs> thought he was dead. You know, and, and that's where I feel like careers are, they're not always linear and people don't allow guys to have off years. You know, Al Robinson sucked last year. He did, but so did his quarterback, you know, mm -hmm. we, and we can talk about Justin Fields, but he sucked. And I think Robinson may have given up all that Randy Moss with the Raiders, but you it can sound see like he gave up. <laughs> there's <laughs> years when that happens. Like Steve Smith, when Steve Smith had a crap year, I don't know if you guys remember this. Before Cam Newton came in, he went like 100 targets and he caught 50 of them. He was horrible for like 500 yards. The following year, he was free in drafts. And I was just like hammering him like after the 10th round. And he went nuts, 1,300 yards. And I feel like Hopkins could do that. I mean, the, the profile of those kind of guys, Allen Robbins is that profile. Landry is that profile, a guy that's taken off a year or two, you know. So Mike Wallace, you guys remember when Mike Wallace – in, in Minnesota, he was just terrible with Teddy Bridgewater. And then he goes to Joe Flacco, and he had 72 receptions, 1,000 yards at age 30, like popped to top 20. And it was like, yes. like new. So it's like these elite profiles, if you're going to roll the dice, those that's the way I always go. because Especially when they start dropping in value. Like, like 2022 is a year to bet on this group, by the way. Usually there's a little more competition, but Landry and Robinson – uh, although in baseball, Robinson's elevated a little bit. Hopkins, they're all free. They're all distinctly free from the most Julio Jones. candidates. Julio, right? uh, going to sign someone on Rotoviz, uh, a podcast. I can't remember which one. Mentioned Odell might sign with someone eventually. It's also free. Yeah, I'm a little worried about him because he tore that ACL, what, in February? Yeah. When was yeah. I mean, um, I if we like can make the Will Fuller mistake year. last year, we can make, we can make the Odell one this year. But yeah, what, what's going on with that guy? Is that guy going to play? Landry is probably a better one than both of them, to be honest, because it's, because he's already signed. Um, and Zach likes him, so there you go. Um, <laughs> Jacob is a Jacob is a Landry guy from way back too. I oh, think I'm, that's, I'm still that's Landry. We, guys. First, oh, we first we first bonded over Landry <laughs> because everyone was like, "Oh, Landry's terrible." I'm like he's he's never finished less like worse than the wide receiver seventeen. Like at that point, it was just like every right. year, right? And then they're like, "He's not an alpha. He's not a wide receiver." One. It was like, "Well, really? He's scoring like one." <laughs> Every single year. I, 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 when I don't understand the word alpha in the tweet because it means I can immediately just dismiss their attempt to argument. I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah, you're fine. Alpha. I, don't, I don't understand how, and, and I guess analytics is finally starting to come to this conclusion, but I always looked at those slot receivers and the high-volume guys a little bit like when you read Moneyball and, and Billy Bean talked about the guys who get on base. And if you get on base, you know, 100% of the time, then you never make an out. Well, if you catch a ball for five yards every time, you know, you're never going to – you're going to get a first down. every like So NFL teams like to throw to those guys. In in PPR, you get a point. It doesn't matter if it's three yards, no yards, or, or 15 yards. You get that point. Like, and, and if you – you know, if you get somebody like, again, like Landry that's driving that crazy volume, it's it's – 
it's free money because they're not sexy. They're not EDOT. The Patriots won how many Super Bowls with a slot receiver and a tight end? They ran the ball that way. Like, that's what they did was they ran the ball with with Welker and Edelman. It was great. Yeah, and everybody hated Edelman, and he was a wide receiver one at age 33. Yeah. Because he caught 100 and some balls that year. No, I agree, and that's why. (laughs) Um, I will say, though, Renfro may be that guy. Yes. The, the NFL, and Renfro is a good example of this, right or wrong, the NFL thinks of those guys as more replaced. They think of them more like running backs, like you were saying, which means they bail on them more, which is the danger of that value, if you know what I mean. That is an aspect that Rich Harbaugh spanked me on. Uh, once, because, <laughs> well, because I love Tyler Boyd. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> but you could love Tyler Boyd, and and because you could get him the, the, the value, the cost that you were – using spending to acquire him was so low that you know when he petered out it what it was you know it, okay that's fine yeah. but what i spent I mean, to get him in, and what you got in return for those two years that he was great that's awesome yeah i agree he's one of those guys that he's really close to joining that list yeah the three top he's got two and you know if there's an injury to higgins or or chase he may get there yeah he was solid last year. I mean, he still had 800 yards as the wide receiver three. No, I, I'm just trying to find a way of bending this round to a juju conversation, and I can't think of a legitimate <laughs> way of doing it. <laughs> um, I do think it's the most lying profile in this kind of production history, though. I think people underrate how productive Tyler Boyd's been because Higgins and Chase is there. And Juju, to me, is the one that's easy to miss, but he's been as productive as most players that are valued in the top 24 right now, if not more productive with a top 12 season on his resume. But anyway, sorry, that's where my mind was. That's why I was staring up at the sky. (laughs) I have way too much juju. I just, if you look at his profile, three top 24, a top 12 before he was what, 25 years old. Like if he doesn't continue, he's going to be an outlier of outliers. Right. Cause we don't have a lot of guys that did that. I mean, his first two years were just light out. Right. So, to me, he'd be a bigger outlier to not continue without a major injury, which he hasn't, he doesn't have one. You know, there's Randall Cobb kind of petered out. He never really did it. Um, Hakeem Nix, but that was like injury related. I look at Juju and he reminds me of Keenan Allen because people jumped off of Keenan Allen and he, you know, he had 97 receptions a year ago. Yeah. It was not great, but it was still top 20, right? So I don't know. I, I think he's going to be great with uh, Mahomes, but he's only got one year there. So we'll see what happens. That's the part that's scared. No, I know to ignore money, it's a lot less certain than we like to think of it as when we try to apply it to fantasy. But it does worry me he couldn't get a better contract than that at anyone. Or maybe that's what he had to go to do to go to the Chiefs. But honestly, I think that's just noise. It's definitely not predictive or anything. And just, just, like I've listened to serious analysts. I, I've listened to so many podcasts where they debate wide receivers in Kansas City and never mention him. I'm like, why are you not talking about the most likely best wide receiver on the team? And like they can talk about uh, Sky Moore and who else is over there now? Oh, it's so know. much more fun to talk Justin Ross, Peter, than it is to talk Juju. Right. Justin Ross. <laughs> well, and MBS. He signed MBS to that big contract. MBS. That's the seriously talking about MBS is yeah. maybe breaking out of it. Instead of at all mentioning that Juju was a top 24 wide receiver, and actually was the highest scoring wide receiver, not last year, but the year before, and everyone forgets that because he came on late. I just, I don't know. 
Sorry. <laughs> Didn't mean to get into that. No, you're good. And so, he's got a pretty good quarterback. <laughs> so MBS is interesting, right? So two years ago, and this is coming to your side, Peter. So we're all trying to find the wide receiver two in Green Bay. Well, Rodgers throws 48 touchdowns, and there's no wide receiver two to speak of. I yeah. think MVS was like 690 yards, and he didn't even crack the top 30. So yeah. you, I was really surprised between the MVS and who was the other guy debate. I really thought MVS had Lizard. grown the year before. I think it was Lazard again. It was Lazard, yeah. And then the year happened, and it was neither of them. I'm like, oh, so even either, the one right? guy – like so even the one again, guy that showed positive, I was like, I'm done with this Green Bay wide receiver two conversation. Screw this. Carry on. Could we see the same thing with the Bills, to where it's all digs, and there's no wide receiver two in the maybe, right? Very much so. It's possible yeah. you have like Crowder and Gabe Davis are just kind of like six, seven hundred yard, eight hundred yard guys. They eat right? each other's yeah. lunch. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. If I were to say list the wide receivers that could just take all the targets on a good offense. How many would you need to name before you got to Diggs? One or two? Because I think Diggs would be pretty high up in that list. I think that should be like Diggs is a guy you do that with, right? Like, anyway, sorry. That's a weird I, way of I, I it, totally but. agree. Yeah, and I don't know. Were you guys on the contract thing, though? Like, I I think I the teams – do you ignore it completely? I haven't found a way of filtering it in. It's one of those things you know about, but like, I don't. Money has usually been a lie. Like, this guy's the highest paid undrafted free agent. I, I hear that one a lot. I'm like, it doesn't doesn't seem to matter ever. And this guy got a one year contract, so it never seems to help. So I just ignore it mostly. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about Kenny Galladay. So okay. he got forty million <laughs> guaranteed. Okay, and people are off. They're done. They're done with him. And this is a guy that has two top 24 or seasons. One of them was top 12. He's like wide receiver 57 on underdog. So I can't help myself to take him because I'm like, look, and I think Tony is really, really good. But they were going to trade this guy like three months ago. And now, like, everybody's back on Tony. They drafted a rookie. I think there's a possibility Galladay could be the guy, at least – lead the team whether whether that's top 30 or not maybe he's on one of those teams that doesn't have a top 24 receiver but i don't know wide receiver 57 i do think there's some motivation for a team that spent 40 million on a guy <laughs> to see him work a little bit right like don't you think that the gm's going down the coach and being like hey would you throw it to that guy please <laughs> a little bit that's no i'm sad. serious like um, like hey, Corey davis he he got 27 million guaranteed is he just dust this year? Because yeah, fantasy yeah. thinks he's gone. He's not. He can't do it between Wilson and Moore. There's no way Corey Davis is ever going to happen. And I'm like, no, really? He's, not, he's not that I'm bad. Not. <laughs> no, he's not that bad. That's the thing, though. It's the same with Galladay, though. Like, like they fit everything we've been talking about. But I've been kind of ignoring them too because it feels like once a player tells you they can't elevate a role. You just believe that too, if you know what I mean. Like he needs help, and he still does not have it. And I kind of feel that way a little bit about Robinson, but I think he's got more help this year. I think this goes back to a little bit of the quarterback wide receiver, yeah, maybe kind of, be, yeah. because because you saw Galladay do it with Stafford. Well, we've seen Stafford is a good quarterback, a, and and 
to I was liking because I don't have a frame of reference in football because I wasn't I, I was never a, a great football player, but I was a baseball player and I pitched and it mattered to me who was catching, which sounds really weird. But yeah, it that's... did, and and if if you had like you know, I had a I had a guy Pete Buffington, it was was oh man he's the best catcher I've ever thrown to, and if he was catching, I knew it was going to be like a two hit shutout. It didn't matter. He was like he he called a good game and he caught a good and it it whether it's psychological or not, and, and there's there's some chemistry too, but like it, that that matters, and I gotta think that it's a similar thing where you know the ball's in the right spot or you know. You know that the receiver is going to be there, so you're willing to throw it or what it, you know, whatever it is. There is a there is a symbiosis there between quarterbacks and and receivers, and I think Daniel Jones does not do Galladay any favors. And That's and fair. And, That's totally and, and there's yeah, also there's also that there's also that interplay with the quarterback and the offensive line, and the Giants' offensive line has been just abysmal. Like I know when they when they signed Solder and everybody was really happy as a Patriots fan I was like <laughs> good luck with that I've seen him give up Brady's <laughs> blindside for the last three years and you can have him and right. and so for for Daniel Jones not having that offensive line and Galladay being a downfield receiver you know there's there's a lot of there's a lot of moving pieces there. Yeah, I mean, that's why I can't stop drafting him because it's like that <laughs> no man's land of wide receivers too, right? And I'm yeah. just trying to – who's the who's the wide receiver that could lead their team? And I've yeah. picked up some, you know, KJ Hamler. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but, and Corey Davis, wide receiver 70. I'm like, he had a two-touchdown game last year. I'll take a crack on that in best ball. So, I don't know. <laughs> but do you think that money thing doesn't mean anything, Pierre? Zach? I mean, it probably means something, but it's one of those things that – I don't think the number helps explain anything. You know what I mean? I, I think it's going to come down to a, like you said, a chemistry or a mix or a talent, which isn't included in that number. It's difficult too, to me. And, and this is kind of like the, like the draft because yeah, the, the, the number means something and where a guy's pick means something, but it's hard to parse whether it's that team was like way off and way high on that player. So like, you know, draft capital matters, but there are also times when a team will draft a guy, and that just means that one team out of thirty-two had him in the first round. And it's yeah. the same thing. The same thing with with paying guys. Like you don't know what Galladay was, and the Giants may have just come out and been like, "Hey, we'll give you you know this hundred million dollar contract and forty million guaranteed." And and he his he and his agent are like, "Yep, we're there." And and so you don't know. So it, it matters, but it's hard to parse how much it matters that's a good call but yeah it's not it's not something i felt on it doesn't mean that it shouldn't be ignored but i know i haven't found a use for it that's all i can tell you but i also just all right well i got i got one for you how about ezekiel <laughs> elliott he's got a pretty big contract does that matter no. I, well i think but I, you've <laughs> seen I mean, you, again for me you know Zeke is gonna. I I think he's come back, and I've seen you tweet about that. Like I I think Zeke is gonna have another another year, a Zeke year. Uh, you know what we what we've thought of is, and everybody who is in on which Pollard is a hot is, take, by the way. That's a hot take. It should on Twitter. It's at least. weird. Yeah. 
it's weird that it's a hot take. I'll admit to that. I am scared about Zeke just because the position in general, I expect turnover, not returns and bounce backs this but, year. Just but we're sneaking. That was now, all last year. We're sneaking now into into Jacob's other tweet about you know yeah. running backs and 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 I've been looking at this a little bit and and watching the the crests and then the valleys and then the crests at the running back position. And it's really interesting to watch that cycle every – it's like every four to seven years you have like – And on that shocking revelation that Zach Reed had decided to go look at numbers for a while, uh, I think we'll cut it. Um, we're going to start talking about running backs. It feels like a good place to separate out another section of this conversation divided between wide receivers and running backs, you know, traditional fantasy stuff. I really hope you enjoyed it. I obviously certainly did enjoy it. Um, thanks again to Zach and Jacob for coming on and uh, I'll see you in the next one when we continue our conversation uh, hope you're having a great day thanks very much yeah chicken a crow chicken a crow crossing the road go clicking a poll twitter is gold player unfold so Jake on the table and they on the plays no Pete enumerates the plays they're analytical picking my nose don't really know if I like that Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight. Back and forth, there is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that, I, I like mortar. Peak grinding numbers like molars, I don't know anymore. I am at a crossroads. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds. So, Jake on the table and they on the plays, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run fold. So, Jake on the table and they on the plays, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical.